An editorial published in the BMJ called The Great Leap Backwards examines the effect that austerity policies in the UK have had on vulnerable populations. To discuss, I'm joined today by David Taylor Robinson, who's a senior clinical lecturer in public health at the University of Liverpool and one of the authors of that report. Thanks for joining us, David. Pleasure. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, so, yes, your your editorial says that the UK's austerity programme following the economic downturn has disproportionately affected children and people with disabilities. Now, what evidence is there out there for, for this happening? I suppose we make three main points. So we point out that child health and health for people with disabilities in the UK is poor, so we don't start from a particularly good place in terms of health and health inequalities. Mm. Current policies are having a detrimental effect on the conditions in which people with you know, vulnerable children, people with disabilities are living and growing up. And we argue that this has profound implications for, for health and health inequalities. And then we talk about the Due North report that we've been involved with uh, that addresses some of these issues head on. So if I could, it would be good to unpack some of those issues a bit further. Yes, of course. Um, please do go through one by one. Well, so the first thing, where you know, where are we starting from? Uh, and I'm going to focus on, on child health here, perhaps. This is the area that I know best and we have we have some of the worst health outcomes in western europe in terms of child health so let's just pick if we pick under 5 mortality so a hard measure uh, a hard outcome uh, we have double the rate of deaths of kids under 5 than that of sweden for example and if you look at analyses of these differences they're clearly related to to levels of child poverty within countries then we see important health inequalities within within the UK. So there's a clear north-south divide in child health, and in our in our due north report, we we show how uh, a girl born in Manchester, for example, can expect to live 15 years less in good health than than a child born in Richmond, uh, where we work in Liverpool. You can jump on a train for 10 to 20 minutes, and that can translate into a 10-year difference in, in life in life expectancy at birth. And we see these differences all over all over the country. Now, these inequalities are nothing new. We, we've known about them for a long time. But we do have a whole raft of reports suggesting that if we're going to do anything about them, if we're going to get to grips with health inequalities, we need policies that protect vulnerable groups, that protect children. And like the, taking the Marmot reports, for example, the number one priority is giving children the best start in life if we're going to address health inequalities. Public Health England have come out with this as a key priority for them as well, along with reducing health inequalities. So that raises the question, given this backdrop of quite poor health outcomes uh, and, a, and a roadmap of what we need to do to address health inequalities, how do current policies stack up? So I think if if the readers have a look at the, the plot, the graph in our editorial, yep. uh, it sums it up to some extent. You see clearly taking children and adults with disabilities as vulnerable, vulnerable groups, you see a reversal of the trend in terms of, of, of child poverty, for example. And 
the Social Mobility and Poverty Commission report uh, and a number of others have suggested we now face an unprecedented rise in child poverty since record bega records began for a decade of rising child poverty ahead of us. Uh, so we've, we've seen a, a rise in absolute child poverty for the first time in 17 years and that's been due to changes in the tax benefit system that, are, that have reduced the adequacy uh, and access of benefits, especially for families on the lowest incomes with children. So child poverty is rising, but it's also the most vulnerable kids mm. uh, that seem to have been hit hardest. So, for example, the Children's Commissioner report that we pick up on clearly shows how the, it's the poorest families with children uh, that have lost most as a proportion of their income as a result of the changes to, to the benefits system. Uh, and the Institute for Fiscal Studies, for example, have undertaken similar analyses. And, and given that poverty is a, is a major determinant of child health uh, and for people with disabilities, the fact that these key determinants are getting worse uh, has important uh, implications for health and and health inequalities. Um, does the government recognise that this is happening, or do they sort of refute that research? Well, one of the th one of the things, one of the clearly one of the things we've 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 been asking for, and we talk about in the Due North report, is the need for a cumulative impact assessment of these changes. You know, we've we've seen reports from that we that we describe in the editorial from serious organisations, the UNICEF, from the Children's Commissioners in the UK, from the Parliamentary Committees on on Human Rights. All of these organisations are pointing out serious concerns. But the only way we're going to get to grips to with this is if we properly monitor. Uh, the changes that we're we're seeing at the moment, uh, mm. and that's a key thing that we need to look into. I just want to say, I mean, all of this has been exacerbated by the pattern of cuts to local government. So we see we see that the most disadvantaged local authorities have seen the biggest cuts to their budgets, and these are budgets that directly fund services that the most disadvantaged get most benefit from. Children's centres, for example. Uh, adult social care that funds services to support disabled uh, people. These have been cut in the areas that need them most. And again, you know, this raises the question, what's this going to do for health and and for, for health inequalities? Mm. Is this a problem in England or is it Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, where, you know, the, the systems of, of uh, local authority and, and public health and things like that work slightly differently and budgets as well? Yeah, there are there are clear there are differences in in the approaches that the develop that different countries have taken within within the United Kingdom. A lot of our work has focused on the pattern of cuts within England, and it, it's clearly shown that uh, you know it's the most disadvantaged areas that have been influenced most by local authority budget cuts. A similar pattern, to be honest, you see a similar pattern across uh, across the other countries. Scotland's done a lot more to protect children's services i think i think they've there's been uh there's been a lot of emphasis on the need to invest and protect uh children when making these difficult decisions about budgets so i think this it, you know there's and from a research perspective this does offer the opportunity to 
to look at the effect of what's happened, different policies mm, in different countries. Experiments. Exactly, yeah. Now, I understood that uh, equality legislation um, put sort of duty on the government to, to make sure that policies didn't disproportionately affect uh, people with disabilities or the young people or you know any particular segment of the population. Um, so are you saying this hasn't happened in this case? Well, we one of the things that we we suggest we should be emphasizing is a rights-based approach to health, uh, especially child health, especially the health of vulnerable groups, people with disabilities. So, for instance, the, the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child gives special protection. It says children should have special protection in the eyes of the law and the services that are provided for uh, for, for kids. And both the Children's Commissioner in, in England uh, and Wales and Scotland and the the Joint Parliamentary Committee on Human Rights, they've both come out and suggested that current policies contravene the rights of children uh, and and disabled people. So, again, we, we argue that we, we should be trying to embed rights-based approaches to health across local government. This is one of the things we suggest in the Due North report, and that policies should be tested on that basis. These policies should, you know, the litmus test of a policy is how they how they affect the most vulnerable citizens. Mm. Now, um, in the last week, we've seen some movement in this sphere. We've had, uh, first of all, um, the UK Chancellor George Osborne. Um, announcing further cuts in his autumn budget statement. There's also the the report co-sponsored by the Church of England which, into the use of food banks, and um, the OECD has reported back about their uh, their view that equality is growing uh, in in the Western world at the moment. So, um, the picture from all these seem fairly bleak. Uh, what do you make of these these statements and reports? Well, there's no doubt that these reports make grim reading, and they're coming. They're coming thick and fast. So, okay. So, what's clear from the autumn budget statement is that the worst is is yet to come, and that although we're seeing, you know, we talk about the rise in poverty for vulnerable groups, we haven't really felt the real bite of the cuts yet. And the prescription in the in the autumn statement is for deeper, quicker cuts over the next few years leading up to 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 2020 the the head of the institute for fiscal studies described these as colossal cuts and talks about a reimagining of the role of the state uh, uh that's going to take public spending back back to the to 1930s type type levels pre-welfare state then exa- exactly and just to reiterate it's it's the most disadvantaged that generally lose out as a result of cutting back on these universal services, these these safety nets, because they they benefit most from them. So this is this is bad for health, and we argue it's likely to to increase health inequalities. Uh, with regard to food poverty, we we wrote about this a year ago in in the BMJ, highlighting the rise in food bank use and the rise in malnutrition-related admissions to hospital. Uh, And now the airwaves over the last few days have been uh, full of the report of the, what was the report called? Uh, The All-Party Inquiry into Hunger 
in the UK. Uh, that's hunger in the UK, one of the, one of the richest countries in the world. And the report suggests that four million people are at risk of hunger in the UK, including half a million children. And the reasons uh, are partly due to low incomes, due to changes in the welfare system, and due to benefit sanctions. So this is this is essentially what the what the Trussell Trust has been saying all along. So I, I think uh, as a health community, we need to take this seriously. We need to be concerned about what's, what's going on. You know, to summarise, we we suggest that a society can be judged by the way it treats its most vulnerable citizens, particularly kids who, who can't, are often not in the position to speak out for themselves. Uh, and they should be the litmus test for policies. And against these criteria, current policies are found severely lacking. And we suggest this will cast a dark shadow forward in terms of of health and health inequalities. Mm. So, David, you've been mentioning this Due North report uh, that you um, were involved in as well throughout this interview. Um, so what is that and where pe- can people find it if they, they want to read more? Uh, well, this was a report uh, that looked at the North-South divide in health and looked at inequalities in the north of England and came out with, you know, assessed the reasons for those inequalities and sets forward a roadmap for what we might do about them. So it was commissioned by Public Health England. Uh, it was chaired by Margaret Whitehead, one of the one of the authors on the editorial, and my colleague Ben Barr had a, had a leading role in putting the report together. And although it focuses on the north, it, we suggest it's a very good place to start if we want to think about addressing inequalities anywhere within 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 the UK. Uh, so please have a look at it. You can f- obviously find it online. It's a, it's a wide ranging. Report and in our editorial, we pick up on some of the messages specifically around the need for a rights-based approach to to child health and the need uh, for a cumulative uh, assessment of the impact of the reforms that we're seeing at the moment and how they're affecting vulnerable groups. and And we call on on Public Health England to take a lead in 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 pushing forward the agenda that we outline in the June North report. David Taylor-Robinson, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks very much.